Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. And let's go right to our notes. I want to recap where and what we shared and what we discussed and how far we got in the notes. We didn't, if you recall who were here last week, we didn't get very far in the notes. To help you with that, if you look at your notes, the only blanks that we filled in for you are at the very f- top of your page. That's how far we got. So how many know there's a lot more blanks to fill in? And trust me, tonight we will get to every one of those that aren't filled in. Last week it took much of the time to bring the story. How many remember the story about Richard? Who was Richard? The homeless gentleman, correct. So I'm gonna paraphrase and recap that story real quick because literally this whole message, the gift within the gift is built off this true story. And if you weren't here, it's gonna be very hard and I wouldn't do that to you, uh, but it would be very hard for you to follow along in this teaching without at least knowing a good portion of this true story. For those who were here last week, it's just a reminder and a refresher for you. But let me start off by telling you quickly a paraphrase of the story about this homeless gentleman named Richard. It's a true story. I don't know if Richard's his true name. I don't, I don't recall in the time that I heard this story years ago if his name was even mentioned, but I'm just using him, his name, that name Richard as just a point of reference so we can feel more personal about this gentleman in this story. But years ago, I heard a story. It's a true story. As I joked last week, it's not a preacher's story. It's not fabricated to make the point of the message. It is a true story. And and it impacted my life. It changed my life. And it has since then been an instrument of the Lord to really awaken me to some truths and realities that are biblical. Truths and realities that are biblical that I need to grasp in my life. How many, how many understand the statement and, and the proof of this, that you're doing this is you're here tonight, but how many understand that the essence of your journey as a Christian is to grasp the life that God has for you? How many understand that? And, and matter of fact, scripture puts it this way. It says, lay hold of eternal life that's set right in front of you. One translation says, get a grip, grasp it hard, Hold it tightly, the great life that God has for you. So that is Christianity. You and I, as we keep learning and growing, as you're in the setting right now that is is one of the greatest settings, environments for you to learn, that's in church. Amen. Hey, I tell folks, at least what you can learn from me is what not to do. How many with me? Smile back at me. Please, under, please let me know you understand that. I can at least tell you, what, I can tell you all the stuff what not to do. But how many know that's a good start? Amen? And Pastor Don, great man of God. We have great staff here. We have great leaders here. So, but this is a great setting. So you're here, we're trying to grasp what God has for us as we continue to grow, line upon line, precept upon precept, little bit here, a little bit there. How many know knowledge of the word of God is key and we're gonna get to that in a moment. So the story years ago I heard has been transpiring in my heart and mind and God has been using it for years. Here's the story real quick. There was a homeless gentleman, we're calling him Richard. He was on the streets homeless for 25 years. How many know that's a long time? Most don't even survive that long by the way. 
But Richard, in his mid-40s, literally looked like he was 80 years old because homeless life is a very rough life. It will do damage to you very quickly, physically, mentally, and obviously spiritually in all ways. And that was proof of Richard. Well, there came a day where Richard had a visit of an uncle. His father's brother came to visit Richard, sought Richard out, this uncle sought Richard out on looking for him on the streets. Matter of fact, his uncle, Richard's uncle, this homeless gentleman's uncle was in a limousine driving through the city and, and visiting various homeless groups and trying to find Richard. He finally finds Richard gets down on his knees before Richard and says, Richard, I'm your uncle, I'm your father's brother, I'm your only surviving family member. Now, if you recall those who, who were here last week, we made mention that up until this point, Richard believed he had no surviving family members. He believed he was alone in this world. But he was not. So his uncle finds him out, and obviously his uncle is very wealthy, but the news that his uncle brought to Richard was even greater news with greater wealth involved. So his uncle gets on his knees and says, Richard, I'm your uncle. Your father has recently passed away, which he didn't even know his dad was still alive. He says, and I am, uh, I've been asked of your father to find you, seek you out, and I have, here's why. In an envelope, a white envelope sealed with Richard's full name on it. Inside, the uncle begins to explain to Richard that you are now an heir of a multi-million dollar company and you have a deed deeded over to you of a multi-million dollar home estate. But Richard, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to come with me. You're gonna have to get up, come with me in the limousine, and start this brand new life. Now, how many remember the story? Richard quickly explained, for those who are new tonight, he began to explain with tears to his uncle, I cannot leave the streets. I cannot leave these people. These are my family. These are my friends. This is the only life that I know. So the uncle in tears hands Richard the envelope and leaves. So Richard, for years, was so intrigued over the fact that he had, now here's a key, now listen, there's so many components, key components to this story that we're going to try to extract tonight, because there's so many biblical principles in this true story, we're not going to want to miss as many as we can possibly not miss. But I do want to let everybody know real quick, this is just a commercial, we do have a great nursery and a great children's ministry and we love your kids, but if they do begin to continue to cry, we're not, I'm not saying this to embarrass you as she gets up, my bad, because um, there's, there's others. But please, for the sake of not distracting, if you can take them, we have a great, great, how many love our nursery here? Amen, I tell you what, we have, sometimes I want to be over there and have fun, just as long as I get to leave them, amen, right? It's good stuff. But he was so intrigued over the fact of this envelope had his full name. You, you gotta understand, folks, for years living on the streets, he had nothing with his full name ever given to him. Ever. Never had a birthday card, never had a Christmas card sent in the mail, never had a gift, 
nothing ever given to him. So he was so intrigued with this envelope with his full name on it that he kept this envelope, never opened it, never pursued the gift within the gift. He looked at the envelope itself with his name on it as the gift. And that really wasn't the gift that was really for him. And he died with that envelope steel sealed, dirty, tattered, beat up envelope still in his pocket. Well, when I heard that story, you, you got to know I was in tears because the spirit of God began to speak to me and show me things. And, and it's obvious to understand what a great waste. His freedom from the streets was there, but he did not pursue it. See, the way I'm built is I'm like, God, why? I want to know if I, if I was able to, I'd want to pick Richard's brain and say, Tell me why you didn't go with your uncle. Why didn't you even at least open the envelope? Because inside the envelope, they found there's information how to contact his uncle. To pursue the will that was there and the deed that was there. But he died not opening the gift within the gift. Okay, let's bring it to you and I. Think about your life. You have Jesus Christ, the greatest gift you can ever receive. There's no greater gift. Don't ever believe there is. There is not. Because Jesus represents eternal life. And eternity is forever, in case you've ever thought about that. How many, how many understand? Eternity is going to go on and on and on. And Jesus is the key, the gift of eternity for you and I to be in the right place for, e for eternity. And that's obviously called heaven. But there's gifts within the gift of Jesus that you and I want to and need to and that God himself has designed for you and I to be opening up and discovering while here on earth. Because how many know you're not in eternity yet? You're still in this temporary life. Look around, make sure everybody's breathing because if they're not breathing, they just stepped into eternity and we want to make sure everybody's breathing. Look around, look at it. Okay, everybody breathing? Years not yet have yet to step into eternity. Your day's coming. I tell people at a funeral when the family gives me the permission to that there's coming a day you will be ha we will be having a funeral for you. Your day's coming. That's not morbid. That's reality. Now, I have found some keys that as you continue to journey with the Lord, there's less and less fear to the point where there'll be no fear of death. You'll look forward to the day you step out of this body and step into eternity with him. Just don't do it tonight in tonight's service. Is that okay? Wait till we're done. Amen. So let's extract. Let's, let's find out some possibilities of why Richard did not open that envelope, get off the streets, and could you imagine the life he could have lived? And let me share this with you. Here's the thought that I had. If he did pursue the gift within the gift, he had enough, he could have helped all those other homeless friends and family. How many see where we're going with this? See, there's so much within Jesus that he wants to help you live a life, like a life that you've never had, that there's so much excess to this gift of life that God has that God wants that to spill over into the people you know. Folks, Right now in your life, you may be looking at certain areas where there's not enough 
not enough maybe strength, maybe not enough health, maybe not enough money in the bank account, maybe not enough support from family or friends, maybe you feel alone, not enough of your car to be able to make it mileage, whatever it may be. Just right now there may be lack speaking to you in your life. Let me tell you something. God has so much excess that he wants to get to every area of your life and make sure it spills over into every area of your life. Smile back at me. Some of you don't believe that or you just, you're, conf- what is it? Do you believe that? You need to smile over that. Make your mind believe those things because you may have been taught otherwise. You may have been taught growing up that God wants you to have lack. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Come see me afterwards. Come try to challenge me on that. I'll show you so many scriptures your mind will twist with the reality of truth. It's so anti-God, it's obviously devilish. It's not God's will for you to have lack. There's no such thing as lack in God's mind. There's no such thing as lack in God's character. The gift within the gift. The story that we use is right there on your notes in Numbers 13. We talked about the nation of Israel being delivered from bondage, slavery. A lot likened to Richard being on the streets, being homeless. The nation of Israel for over 400 years was in slavery. How many know that's pitiful life? Well, they got delivered from slavery and God says, now I have a new land, a new life for you. They sent out spies. They spied out the land. Twelve spies came back. Two brought grapes. And this is where we left off last week. Let's look at our notes. Now, these grapes were so big. The cluster of grapes was so much. It took two to carry these grapes back. The reason they, listen, the reason they brought back these grapes was to have some kind of example of what great life was in Canaan land. Think on this, these are your notes. Some, something inside you gravitates towards growth. You have the instinct for improvement. You were created for expansion. Simply put, you were born to eat grapes. Those grapes that they were carrying back, the grapes and all other blessings in Canaan land was meant for the nation of Israel, no other nation. But because Israel, the nation of Israel did certain things and we're gonna learn about those tonight, it kept them for over 400 years from the promised land. See, you know what my heartbeat is tonight? If you, if you don't get anything, get this. My heartbeat is tonight that you at least remember this statement. My heartbeat tonight is to teach you something that will allow you to take one more step closer to the promised land that God has for you. I don't want you living and dying and being like Richard. In your pocket, you got a Bible and the gift within the gift, Jesus, is a life that'll blow your mind. See, some of you struggle with trying to imagine a better life. Some of you struggle in daring to believe that God has a better life for you. There's reasons for that. My heartbeat in my ministry is to help us with that and delete that from our minds, delete that from our speech, delete that from our beliefs in our hearts and start believing otherwise because you're worth it. Richard was worth it. You know why he was worth it? By name alone. And for those who don't understand that statement, the Bible says that you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. 
association by name alone. Listen, listen to what I'm about to say. You are worthy of the whole kingdom. You're worthy of the whole kingdom. Not this little corner, little crevice in the corner of the king. The whole kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Study the words of Jesus. Study what he said. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Let me see if I got that right. Yes. It talks about that the government of his kingdom will be upon his shoulders. And if you study what Jesus said, he said, I've come to give you the kingdom. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness. And then therefore all these things will be added unto you. Do you realize what verse 33 is saying? But if you go above verse 33, how many know I'm on a rabbit trail right now? Is this okay? I promise you, we're going to get to the notes. Part three, here we come. (laughs) If you study above verse 33, it talked about worrying about not having enough. Literally, that's what those verses above verse 33 in Matthew 6 are. Worrying about not having enough. And he goes on to say in those verses above verse 33, worrying about not having enough takes life from you. But if you seek the kingdom, life will be added to you. Why seek the kingdom? Because the whole thing is yours. And it's through association of his name. Listen, I know you know none of us have earned this. We could bring all of our good stuff together collectively right now. Wouldn't even come close to earning of the kingdom. It has nothing to do with what you and I do. It has to do with what he's done. See, the father of Richard did it all. Richard, the homeless man, his father built with blood, sweat, and tears, this business built this home estate with blood, sweat, and tears. And it was to be handed to Richard by association of name only. Glory to God. So if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, it's all yours. Let's go on. Let's go down to six gates. Here we go. You ready? You better have your pen ready because that thing's going to be smoking by the time. There's going to be a little smoke stream coming off it. Here we go. Six gates. The reason I picked the word gates, six gates, the reason I picked the word gates, by the way, is because a gate is an access way through a barrier. How many have ever come up to a, a fence and that gate is, ah. How many have ever come up to a wall? But when there's a gate, you can have access through the wall. Every one of us here tonight have barriers. If you study Richard's life from a biblical point of view, there were barriers in his mind. There were things that he thought that kept him in captivity. Something kept Richard from getting up out of the dirt on the street and walking with his uncle, getting into that limousine and beginning to live a life that would blow his mind. There were barriers, but Richard didn't have gateways. Listen to what I'm saying. He was missing gateways. I don't want you and I missing gateways. I want you walking through. 
oh God, help me. I want you to walk through every barrier that you come up against in your mind and in the beliefs of your heart, things that maybe your mama told you, your daddy told you, you never amount to anything. Listen, we're always going to have lack because your, your, your mom and daddy had it, your grandma and grandpa had it, and your great, great grandma and grandpa. It's it just lack is part of life. And that may be true in your family name, but you ain't born of your family name spiritually. You're born of the name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Under the Lordship, the gift within the gift, Jesus isn't just to be Savior, he's to be Lord. And when he is Lord, in that tapping into his Lordship comes the kingdom. Six gates to help us obtain the grapes. Here we go. Number one, the gate of obedience, period. All Richard had to do was obey his uncle, get up and get in the limousine. Doesn't matter if he fully understood it. Just had to do it. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, if thou shalt hearken diligence to the voice of the Lord thy God. It goes on to say in that whole chapter of Deuteronomy 28, it'll tell you what blessings are yours when you obey. And it goes on to say in that chapter, what blessings are not yours, curses, when you don't obey. Remember, obedience simply means doing what you learn to do. It means living up to the knowledge you have received. It's like this. If you have a pint-sized amount of knowledge in you, God requires you to live up to that pint size of knowledge. If you have a gallon size of knowledge inside you, you're required of God to live up to that gallon size of knowledge. Whatever amount of knowledge that you know and you have, you're required to live it. I remember when you were a kid, the first time you were taught not to lie, you were accountable for not lying or lying. How many following me? It's that simple. So as you're learning tonight, as you continue to come to church and study the Bible yourself, your, your knowledge size, if you will, increases. And you're required to live to that amount of knowledge. How many know that's good news? Because listen, intertwined in the knowledge is the blessings. Because there is a statement on your notes, let's look at it on the first page. It says, uh, remember the person of Jesus creates your peace, but the principles of Jesus create your prosperity. The person of Jesus gives you peace because he's savior, but the lordship of Jesus brings principles. That's what brings true increase. How do we know what principles are? Can I get just plain Texas English? It's telling you what to do and not do, period. That's the principles of Jesus. Do this, you get blessed. Don't do this, you're not blessed. How many know you can't get any more clear than that? The person of Jesus says, I love you. You're my child and you feel warm and fuzzy all because of that. But now you gotta get up tomorrow and you gotta live life. How many know it's good to have that warm fuzzy feeling on the inside know you're loved? But God says that's not enough. Because God said there's certain principles I want to teach you so that your life no longer is the way that it is, keeping you from, but now opening up to get you to what he has. Tell you excited over that. Here we go. Think of this. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. 
I love this statement because the Lord spoke it to me years ago, so trust me, I understand it very well. Only a fool negotiates with a gift giver. I remember negotiating with God about being called to the ministry, which was basically me telling him no. Great negotiation, great negotiating skills, huh? And Lord, like only a fool would negotiate with a gift giver. I got it. I got what the Lord was saying. Son, you just obey me. You do what I tell you to do, no matter what your mind is tripping for you to not do, and you'll live a life like you never have. I never have regretted it since fulfilling what God said to do. Number two, the second gate, the gate of knowledge. See, it was obvious that Richard lacked knowledge of number one, what was in the envelope, number two, who his uncle really was. Number three, he lacked knowledge of what life was like without the streets. But if he would obeyed, got up, went with his uncle, knowledge would have filled him as time went on. Knowledge would enlighten him as time went on. How many are seeing this? I guarantee in the trip in the limousine with his uncle would have tripped him out, just all the information. I bet his uncle would have ripped that envelope open and said, woo! How many are with me? My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Period. Mark that if you can. My people are destroyed as Hosea 4, verse 6. <clears throat> Excuse me, let's go on. Remember, you are cur- what you currently don't know concerning God's word is keeping you defeated. Did you get that? What you currently don't know. Example, let's say you didn't come tonight. And I'm not saying this is a dynamic, wild message, but I believe there's at least one thing I'm going to say that's going to change your life. That's how I believe preaching and teaching is. I don't believe the whole message changes your life. I believe there's always one thing typically because the Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. So it's always a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. And that's how God builds in our life. That's how he trains us, changes us, and transforms us. Let's say you didn't come tonight. There's something I'm going to say that's going to be another brick in the building of your life. Number three, the third gate, the gate of visualization, visualizing. You got to see it. See, Richard saw no other life but a homeless life. So that tells me for 25 years, he was not dreaming. He was not on the streets for all those years just dreaming about a tropical island maybe or just a home or just some warm clothes. Or I guarantee, listen, listen, this is important. He gave up dreaming. Don't you give up your dreams. Don't do it. Dream. Dream big. Oh, I think that's just, that's way out there, Ken. I don't know if God wants us. Are you kidding me? Listen. Let me say it again. The whole kingdom is yours. Okay, I'll go on. (laughs) Romans 12, one through two helps you with that. Read it on your own. We're going to move on if you can. Remember, your mind is a powerful force. Your mind is what's keeping you right now, by the way. What you think in your mind is either opening up the gateways of God's blessings or it's keeping you from it. Your mind, Romans 12, talks about that, especially verse two. It says, if you really want to experience what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God, 
transform your mind. Change the way you think to think like God. How do you change the way you think to think like God? Open up the Bible, because the Bible is the way that God thinks. Your mind is a force that affects everything else in your life. The Richard, the homeless man, was trapped by his surroundings. Everybody look at me. He was trapped by his surroundings. That lifestyle for 25 years trapped him and kept him there when knocking on the doorway of his life came his freedom. But he stayed snared to the entrapment. I don't want to see you do that. If you do not see the, look at this next thought on your notes. If you do not see the grapes in your mind, you will not see them in your future, period. Richard saw no other life but a homeless life. And he died a homeless person with an amazing gift within that envelope and never opened it up and never experienced it. Do not want that to be you and I with the whole kingdom at our disposal and usage for his glory. He, the king wants you to have it. If we can only just feel an an angst of God's yearning sometimes. One time God allowed me to feel a little bit and I'm gonna tell you what, it hurt my heart. That's probably why I wanna preach it with passion because he's like, son, if you only knew the earnestness in my heart for my kids to have my kingdom because he paid an amazing price for it. Come on. His name is Jesus. Number four, gate is the gate of forgiveness. Isaiah 43, 18, remember not the uh, former things. Listen, folks, listen. If you're gonna continue to hold a grudge towards somebody, you're never ever gonna have what God has for you. Here's why, look at this. Forgiveness defined, the transfer of the right to judge and penalize. It means you give up your position on God's vengeance team. How many like that? I know that when somebody wrongs us, it hurts. How many are with me tonight? And trust me, I'm a Westerman. That's my last name. And I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We, we, I grew up, man, we were good at getting back. <laughs> City streets of Pittsburgh, trust me, man. You did what to my great, 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 great aunt? I mean, it was weird, but we were good at getting back, right? Listen, God says, let me be good at that. What you be good at is letting go. Letting go. Remember, forgiveness is not the removal of information, it's the removal of the pain of it. You're gonna always remember it, but God wants to remove the pain of it. How many know God can do that? Gate number five, the gate of persistence. You gotta be persistent. Just like I'm proud of every one of you tonight because I guarantee for some of us, if not maybe all of us, at least most of us, something was gnawing at you tonight to try to keep you from coming. You're tired, your busy schedule. Oh my God, my ladies, my house is dirty. Guys, you maybe worked a double shift. Something, something gnaws at us in life to keep us from these kind of settings. You know why? Because the devil knows the power of this, of educating and learning and growing what the Bible has to say. He wants to keep you from this type of setting, not just church. 
He wants to keep you locked in. Listen to me. He wants to keep you locked into the busyness scheme that you're not even opening up your own Bible. Because you're too busy. How many know that? I've said this before and I'll say it a thousand times till the day I die. That's the dumbest thing ever. Come on, laugh with me. There's no such thing as being too busy to open up your Bible because when your favorite TV show's on, God forbid anybody mess with that DVR. And then amazing how we get that twisted. Now maybe I'm just, come on, clap with me, somebody. I thought maybe I was just preaching to me. But it's true. I'm too busy to read my Bible. But I tell you what, I watched 14 hours of Texas Ranger Walker, whatever his name is. You could tell I watch that show. No, I don't. Didn't even get the name right. For those of you who love that show, I am sorry. I'm not a true Texan yet. But I love Chuck Norris. Amen? Amen. <laughs> See, I just redeemed myself. The gate of persistence. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, due season, due season, due season, due season, we will what? Reap. If you don't lose heart, don't faint, don't give up, keep dreaming. I feel like my responsibility in ministry is to cheer you on and dreaming. Just cheer, I'm telling you, you get to know me, I will cheer you. Dream. The kingdom's yours. Dream. Don't give up. Look at persistence defined. Simply make up your mind. Regardless of how far away the grapes appear, push on for the blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, go after it. Go ahead, tell them. Remember, every man or woman who has ever achieved anything had to persist. That's your next blank. Every man or woman who has ever achieved, don't ever get jealous. Listen, if you understand these principles, you will never ever be jealous of anyone's blessing that's beyond where you're at. If anything, you'll be intrigued to want to take them out to lunch and tap their mind. When you find somebody who's further than you are, but you want to get where they're at because they've already gotten there, don't get jealous of that. Get intrigued. Take them out to lunch. Say, I got my notepad. I got my pen. Now go. I'm buying you lunch. You better tell me. That's what I tell folks. I'm buying, I'm buying lunch. Now go. That's how you learn the best. You don't think they got to hand it to them, the silver platter? How many know how many said this before? The silver platter from heaven. There's, a, there's no such thing as a silver platter from heaven. It's called persistency. You sweat. You bleed. You dream. You sweat and you bleed more and you dream and you fail. And you get up and you fail again. And you get up and find out you're still human. And you dream, and you sweat, and you bleed, and you dream. Everybody say persistency. Glory to God. Look at this. Now, this is typed wrong. This is kind of like we're back in West Virginia days. Make up your mind, not you mind. Make up your mind and go after it. Make up your mind, go after it. Number six, here we go, the gate of sowing. The gate of sowing, you've got to sow seed. Let's get your notes real quick. The blessings I wanna give you. Remember, if you wanna taste grapes, you have to distribute grapes. Next one, bless others to receive God's blessing. 
bless others. Be a person who isn't jealous all the time, but be a person who's intrigued to the point you're supporting others, helping. Listen, I've helped people fulfill their dreams to certain steps that I've been dreaming about. Do you think that makes me mad? No. It did at one time, but now I understand I'm sowing seed, baby. I am. If I can help you fulfill your dream that I'm dreaming about, woo! See my nightclub thing come back? Don't ask. Look at this. Make happen for others what you want God to make happen for you. Quit sulking over it. Get up, pray about it. God, I got to find somebody that needs help because I need help, but I think they're going to need help and I, I want help, so I'm going to help them get the help they need so I can get the help I need. Blessings follow the blesser. And guess what? We're out of time. Did you get all your blanks? Oh, well. If you want, <laughs> if you want the blanks, email me. You ready? Ken W at tolcmail.org. Ken W at tolcmail.org. That's Tree of Life Church Mail, abbreviated, .org. Got that? And we'll email you the notes. Is that okay? Because there's a few more here. I really want you to have the blanks. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.